Hi, and welcome to Wisdom Radio. This is your host, Andy Height, and I'm so very happy that you join me today, because in a minute, we'll be hearing from a very special guest, Tapas Yogi Nandi. He is a Siddhar Yogi visionary, and he has a, a very large following of individuals from around the globe who resonate with his simple wisdom about coming into our own consciousness. He says the most potent blessing we could ever receive from a sage or yogi or an enlightened master is to receive the uplifting, igniting grace of our own consciousness. Nandi, as he is called, represents the mystical path of the Siddhars of South India. He is a visionary, yogi, transformational guide, humanitarian, and musician. The music you hear in the background is from his collection, which we will hear more about in the interview. I'll be sure to play one of his mantra-style songs in full at the end of the show for your enjoyment. Let me tell you a little bit about him before we welcome him to the show. Nandi's life mission is in sharing consciousness through offerings of empowering Siddhar mantras of ancient grace, through music, through the teachings of mastery of consciousness, and through the inspired work of the heart. He is a regular contributor of The Elephant. That's an online publication, if you aren't aware of it. And he just released the book, Mastery of Consciousness, Awaken the Inner Prophet. He says that these are moments when the intense, enlightened energies of the sages as consciousness reach each of us with ease. So I would like to welcome to the show now my guest, Tapas Yogi Nandi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's an honor to be here, Divine Nandi. Thank you, Divine Nandi. And thank you to each one of us being over here, coming together to connect as in thought, as in mind, as in the spirit. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. You are uh, represent the mystical path of the Siddhars of South India, and I'm wondering if you can help us understand more about that. Yes, yes. Uh, <clears throat> see, um, all over the world, in all cultures, there has been those who wake up, and then when we wake up, uh, we, from a Siddha perspective, we connect to that ancient lineage of light, of gurus and gurus and gurus and gurus. And uh, this is outside uh, the known India, the organized India, the past structured India. So from the Siddha pathway, uh, we are, we, we, wake, we connect to that ancient lineage and that ancient wisdom. And we realize that the journey of being awake necessarily transcends any known knowledge. Uh, every moment is a scripture, and in this connect to this ancient pathway of the Siddhas, we Siddha really means uh, the one who are perfected. So when we perfect our consciousness, then we are the perfected beings, and then we see things more like the way in the resonance when you see Rumi's every word, every song is a poet, is poetry, is a perfect wisdom of now. Now that is what the Siddha tradition is about. So when we do yoga, it is about, it is to acquire and attain consciousness. So uh, 
it's beautiful to share this wisdom with each of us. Now, when you say share the wisdom, it necessarily means as much of giving that as an experience for each one of us as to understand the states of being awake. So, I'm grateful mm-hmm. to be here from uh, Siddha Pathway, representing my gurus and representing Thank you. the ancient Mother India. Thank you. Now, people in this people on this path i imagine this is a lifelong path um, of awakening to consciousness and then receiving wisdom receiving genius of consciousness as you call it how can someone now you have a new book the mastery of consciousness awaken the inner prophet so you must believe that this is something we all can do Um, see, uh, you know, the every human, every single one of us have an aspiration. And that aspiration is to be the bigger self that we are. And the wake-up process of being whom we truly want to be is so easily and it's so easily done when understood to be the states of joy. In other words, the moment we attain a state of joy, we would maintain every discipline to have more of it. So in the morning, for instance, when you wake up, there are certain things we could do just to basically get into being our own light, enlightening our own states of joy, and then climbing into that higher conscious state. And now as a higher conscious as a being of higher conscious state, we begin, we experience the states of freedom, of joy. So, the book Mastery of Consciousness essentially is to convey the Siddha wisdom of, it is written from a very different perspective. It is written, for instance, like uh, for a week, I would go into a meditative mode. Now, I live in the society, I have three, I have four children. I live with three children, and uh, I, there's so much in terms of work that I do in the farms of uh, uh, the vision that we unfold, uh, the people coming into play, and the yoga teachings. So when we when I, when I was working through the situation of a whole week, I would condense that one week into how would the sages, how would the Siddha sages. Uh, work human reality from the perspective of the cave all the way down to the absolute realities. So with this came the 108 Consciousness Sutras. Now each Consciousness Sutra is like a kaleidoscope, but 108 completed. So the innermost intent of the book is convey the wisdom of the Siddha sages that can evolve humanity. And humanity can, will easily evolve the moment we understand how it was already there. All the joy state was already there. It was between where our mind is and whom we really are that is, that is necessary to, you know, simply dissolve away. And it's like Michelangelo saying that when he did the statue of David, he said, I just took the excess away. 
that that is whom mm-hmm. we really are. Mm-hmm. And that would be in a moment, we, the moment we understand that and step into the higher frequencies, then the higher frequency generates more of higher frequencies. We use consciousness to generate more of consciousness, and soon we are the angelic beings having the human experience. I just, I really love that. And it is, it is hard to do in practice, as you say, because people have children and jobs and parents to take care of or all sorts of uh, challenges in the human condition, illnesses or uh, other things that, that feel like they get in the way almost of that path. Um, but what you're saying is that if you once you step into the joy and into your heart and into your connection with the greater uh, consciousness that then dealing with all those other human <laughs> things just sort of happens see it's a funny thing when you look into the whole scenario of things okay there's a choice to be the planet or to be the sun when we're the planet we go round and round and round that's the mind it has a day, it has its nights, it has its moods, it has its good moods, it has its bad moods, and then you have the life reality which goes up and down too. So in other words, when we are like a planet, we could be subjected to all this. You could say like laws of gravity, we are subjected to it. But if we become the sun, if we are the sun, the planet goes around us, our every reality goes around us, we don't, we do not go behind our reality, the reality goes around us. So, how is it to be the sun? Now, uh, now to every listener here, uh, if you've read the book Autobiography of a Yogi, if you have not read the book Autobiography, Autobiography of a Yogi, would highly recommend you to read that book. It's beautiful. It's powerful. See, when you go deeper and deeper inside yourself and into yourself, then you wake up to the vastness of whom you are. And then the next question is, okay, this vast being, what is it here on planet Earth to do? Right. What is the life purpose? All this is beautiful. The bliss is good. It's states of ecstasy is beautiful. But now what are you here to do? Exactly. <laughs> well, I was wondering so about I, that because I've heard yes. that. I've heard that from um, yes. from other people yes. who, you know, you, you go into that state and then... Yeah, you you sort of wake up and you say, "Oh, what what am I? Why am I here?" I mean, what? I'm, yeah. Yes. Now this is when I when there were three sages who had walked into the cave, and the next day they were going to walk all the way from South India to the Himalayas by foot, and they had not spoken for over twenty years. And um, what? really? <laughs> and uh, the guru of the cave, it was his his guru. So he, the, the guru of the cave, came and told me, if you go and talk to them, they might speak. So I went to them, fell at their feet, and said, Divine uh, Swamis, like I have a big, big question. And that question is, when I'm here, up in the mountains, when I'm doing my yoga, I feel all good and blissed, blissed out. But when I go downstairs, in human reality, it's war. So tell me the kind of yoga I need to do downstairs in human reality. Mm-hmm. For a long time, there was silence, and then one of them broke their silence and said, "What use is the silence if it cannot help humanity? I will break my I will break the silence to speak to you." And he started speaking. So, and what he said was so powerful. 
hopefully in so many ways, but mostly it was energy fields. It was a huge energy shift that was happening. In fact, the sheep, you know, even if he was silent, it would have been the same. This is just like energy flowing to him, to me. And then the three, then he looked at me and he said, "We are so happy you are here. We'd like to give you a gift. Ask for anything you desire, and we will give it to you." So I said, uh, "Swami is." Uh, you know, what's the point in me asking you for, for it? You will not give it to me. They said, no, no, no. Ask for anything you want. We will give it to you. Anything you want. So I said, okay. Then give me the wisdom behind your silence. They said, no, no, no. Ask for anything else, but don't ask for that. <laughs> I said, that's the, that's the only thing that is real, and that's the only thing that I desire, the wisdom behind your silence. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, you know, oh, uh, now we know why we broke asylums. It was to meet you. So, and they took me through another journey, and I felt them coming together into me. And then they said, we will give you a gift. This is the gift of all the sages of humanity who lived in the past and who will forever live. This is their intent, and this is their gift to you. And they mentioned Saivam Vetri. Uh, they they mentioned what? They, they said Saivam Vetri. Saivam is an ancient word. It means oneness. Nandi, what are some simple things that people can do to tap into their higher states of consciousness? To seek light. To seek light really means attainment itself, because we seek because we know there is something to seek. And then when you seek, we attain it. Right. Now, this is also in the time schedules. And when you look into it, it's the moment we step out beyond the mind, we are able to come into the wholeness of everything else. But when you look into time, time is like a, is a clock. So how do you go beyond the clock? The moment we go beyond the clock, then our mind is working from a supernormal state. It's like the mind of Mahatma Gandhi and all Albert Einstein and all these amazing beings who basically were in the superconscious state. And this superconscious state can be tapped into. And the first step would really be light a lamp every day, no matter what. Every day, light a physical lamp. Because what you do outside yourself, you're doing inside yourself. Now, the moment you begin doing that, we all start connecting to source, infinity, God, call, 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 it has, it has any name, every name is unique. So, we connect into that. The next is, every moon cycle affects us. And observe the full moon for its energies, observe the new moon for its energies. And then comes the next cycle, which is, once a year, there's a cycle that happens. This actually happens, this is a very interesting thing to mention, especially to anyone who's, who's seeking enlightenment. For thousands of years, the yogis of South India, the yogis across, across the whole of India, have held one day, the single most important day, is based on the lunar calendar. And that's only because there is a total alignment. It's like a time portal of time opens, and that portal of time opens for 2015 on Feb 17th. 
17th Mahasivaratri it's called. The, the night or the, the great night of the Supreme Yogi. Lord Siva is the Yogi, the Supreme Yogi. So at that point in time, what happens is that anyone who stays up uh, is said to wake up because wake up means like consciously we we like the lotus the like the, from the from the chakra system. When you look into the crown chakra, it's like a lot it's like a lotus, and the moment that blossoms, it would forever be awake. So that it's supposed to happen that night, and once a year it happens. So if we've understood being able to tap into that energy, and then work that energy, and then ask ourselves this one big question. And that one big question is, are we, are you an emperor or are we a slave? It's a very big question to ask. There's no in-betweens. A slave is someone who does not own time. An emperor or empress is someone who owns time. In other words, I can carve one day a week for me and God or source on my own inner journey. One day a week, can you put off everything else? Everything that you consider reality, can you put it off and devote it to that your own inner journey once a week to attain becoming the sun? Now, once we do this, and when we are doing this, and when you come into an experience like Mahasivaratri, on that night, you actually you prepare yourself like a yogi and take a journey in. Okay, it's February this year. It starts February third, the full moon of February third. And you take the journey into February 17th, where it culminates into that energy vortex where uh, we are that I am experience. Now, if we go into this energy of it, and then every once a week, one day a week, when we celebrate it for ourselves, taking the whole day into the, the journey within ourselves, it's one, it's one beautiful uh, attribute of us reclaiming ourselves to being the sun and then once a day light a lamp and do things begin to happen for individuals when they are connected to this source in your belief in the uh path of the siddhars do they believe that life unfolds before us like a flower when you are connected to this consciousness yes and uh, yeah, when when every breath of ours, when we saw, when we saw, when we know that it is, see, when like one of the most important things when you talk about meditation, especially the word meditation is very crucial because uh, if we talk about higher consciousness, if we talk about a mind that is in harmony, a mind that is in tranquility, it all begins and ends with meditation. We need to understand that meditation has a mother. And the mother of meditation is chanting the mantras. Chanting the mantra enables the mind to go into a meditative state effortlessly. In other words, when you chant the mantra, let's assume you've done chanting of the mantra for half an hour this morning, the whole day is going to be in a meditative state because meditation does not require effort. Mm-hmm. It is about being there. The being and the beingness happens when you chant the mantras. So mm-hmm. that's why the mantra chanting is very important. That's mm-hmm. able to take, to bring that energy of tranquility and the grace of the gurus inside the mantra to be our own experience. This is the mother of meditation. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to <coughs> add something in here. Uh, last week I had a guest on who was talking about sound healing and 
it's very similar in terms of the types of sounds that are part of these compositions uh, with the mantra, and it does transport you. This frequency in music um, is very powerful. So it's, it's good Thank to hear you um, talk about that. And you have, um, you're a musician, yes, and you have a, a, a collection um, that I'm going to play one of your uh, songs as we close out here. But I, I wanted to get, uh, s- spend a minute or two asking you about the music and your part in that, because it's very interesting. It's beautiful. So it's the mantras, right? So these mantras have been. See, if you want to meet, if you if you go to a saint, if you go to a conscious being, uh, the, the 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 ultimate gift they hold for each one of us is a part of their consciousness. Now we might go to a saint saying, "God, give me this," or, or we might want want to ask the saint for some help in our life, but. From the Sutta perspective, the only thing worth asking a being of higher consciousness is a part of their consciousness. And that part of their consciousness is given through the mantra. So now it makes sense, right? Okay, okay, Why I, get, mantra is I, so get, powerful. I get it. Okay, so, now mm-hmm. the chanting of mantra too has a mother. In other words, meditation has a grandmother. <laughs> now that is puja. The puja is the celebrations of the divine by way of the physical form. So when we take, let's assume, you take a civil lingam. A, a lingam is a form of Lord Siva representing infinity, but in the finite form. Or you take a picture of God, or like picture of God. Let's assume you have a picture of Christ. You get some flowers, and you say the mantras, and slowly make an offering. That's the puja. Now, this is a little bit opposite meditation because your mind is, or you're, you're keeping your eyes open. You're bringing your five senses into an attention state of 108%. And now you're making connecting to the divine through the physical as a prayer and with the chant. And this is the puja. So when you do the puja, it is even more powerful. So now when you've done the puja and now when you've done the chanting of the mantra and you are, you're, and now you're driving the car, let's assume to work, your mind is naturally going to be in a meditative state. Uh, so yeah. that which you're talking about as grace of consciousness mm-hmm. is a natural thing that is already lit inside ourselves to keep and play and celebrate all the moments every breath. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And then you become the sun. And as you go through your day, as things are happening around you, you always have that that power, that central grounding to the higher connection. Yes. Yeah, that makes total sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And <laughs> yes. You see, <laughs> the flying is the most difficult part. The trying? In other words. When you, the, the, uh, to fly is the most difficult, but once okay. you know how to fly, to glide is easy. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to fly is essentially, see, most of us are walking, most of us are running. We, the moment we learn to fly, then everything will work its way for to enable us to glide. Right. And then everything gets easier. <laughs> I think this it does. Is, I think it why. does. 
Yes. See, people, we do yoga. Why? Attainment of consciousness is yoga. All right. I, I want to apply. I want to ask you about uh-huh. lo- about the role of um, love and gratitude in this practice of attaining consciousness. What is the role of expressing love and gratitude? So, see, it's like this, okay? If a cat has a god, what will the god be? This was a question asked by Swami Vivekananda. If a cat has a god, what will the god be? It's going to be a cat, right? If a cat has a god. Likewise, every one of us have our own unique mind and our own unique propensity to see the divine through a facet. And when we see the divine through the initial facet, we see the divine as specifically like someone might vibrate with uh, vibrate with the uh, goddess, uh, another might vibrate with uh, um, with uh, Lord Vishnu. Now, each of these dimensions are different facets holding different energies of the divine. But once you climb up, it's like the, it's like a tree and we are underneath the branches. But once you climb up beyond the branches and beyond the leaves, and then we see that there's one singular thing, and that's the infinite, infinite, infinite being. The waking up process is beautiful to just about anyone and everyone because almost in a moment it is able to transform all our limitations into a powerful, potent instrument. Mm-hmm. Uh, our challenges become opportunities. We are beginning to see life as though we are sitting on top of a mountain, enjoying the scenery instead of, being, instead of walking around the mountain feeling afraid of how big the mountain is. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So, yes, so this ultimately is the way we would say it is. If you master consciousness, then life is states of joy that we've come to experience in all its abundance as in the form of the word yogam. Yogam means the one who's attained all the benefits of yoga. And the benefits of yoga is really, the union rather, is abundance of in all forms. Uh, joyful uh, uh, love, every possible dimension that we seek comes to us. We are like the sun and planets go around us. So there's a choice. Which, which one do we want? Do we want to be an emperor or do we want to be a slave? We want to wake up and have it all and at the same time uplift earth while we are having fun, while we are, having, while we are in the state of joy. So this mm-hmm. is what Nandi has come to share as in the form of our book, as, as in the form of our presence, and uh, knowing that each one of us here are here to contribute at this moment to wake up and lift humanity. Well, and, thank you. And, uh, and, thank you yes. so much. And it is, uh, we are coming to the end of our show, but I really wanted to express my deep gratitude for you for sharing what has come to you what your experiences and that this is such an important time for people to be um, coming into this consciousness and to have people like you to help them so i just really appreciate that thank you divine one it is an honor it is a joy divine andy to be here and most important you know like each one of us we need to know that 
the states of joy is something that we can have under any circumstance. Now look at Nelson Mandela, look at Mahatma Gandhi. These are beings who woke up from a place where they were in solitude, they were in silence, they were in prison. And over here, the waking up process took place. Right. Now, in a normal life, especially in this country like America, there are too many things to worry about. Too many, 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 many things. Now, utilize those worries. Utilize the stress. Utilize the fact that you're depressed to go inward and light the lamp and understand that once you've attained that lamp joy, then that lamp joy will guide us the right path to be able to create the apt and most magnificent realities. So this is, uh, and this is something that uh, is attainable just in a few breaths, and attainable in attainable to have for all the time. And with this, everything works its way: love in our family, a loving relationship. Uh, uh, when we are, whatever we are doing, we are the most inspired beings. To be inspired is the highest grace. Understanding now from higher place that gratitude is the first step towards creating a magnificent reality. Gratitude for whatever we have in hand right now. Mm. Wherever we are, whatever we are doing, just the gratitude energy is like sets us moving. But all this comes from the knowing, and this knowing is what we do when we light a lamp. Is the knowing is what we are when we are as one. So, Wonderful. Well, you you reminded me of, um, I have a channel that came through about gratitude. Would you like to hear it? Mm-hmm. I'd love to. It says, thankful, this is, uh, I received this information in a very deep meditative state, and then mm-hmm. I, I write it down um, as it's coming in through my keyboard. I'm just a very fast typer. I don't even really have to think when I'm typing. So it, mm-hmm. I just sit and quietly receive it. And this is what came through. Thankfulness mm-hmm. is the universal emotion and thus language. When true, it brings all into alignment in self and with self to beyond. It is the great modulator of energy waves and synchronicity. Gratitude is the heart of the universal intelligence that blankets the earth and stars. The opposite of thankfulness, greed and want, unravels. One emotion ties us to great strength and to the continuum. One sucks us into ourselves like a black hole. The happiest souls are those with few needs and a deep-seated sense of gratitude for the smallest of things. Gratitude is the great attractor of energy, other beings, good fortune, health, and peace. It illuminates the light of universal love within that guides us. The glow of contentment attracts more of what we're thankful for into our path as a campfire attracts passers-by. Taking things for granted or moving through life for self alone snuffs out the firelight, leaving one to grapple for a path in the dark. Unfortunate accidents or getting mired in the muck become more frequent events in the lives of those who cannot see beyond themselves. And yet the source of illumination is within all and easily switched on with a simple shift of focus. Frequent meditation or prayer that moves from asking to thanking 
is key. So beautiful, so profound, profound, profound wisdom, and so much truth, so much truth. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always so in grateful. awe. I'm always in awe <laughs> of that uh, consciousness that is available to all of us when we quiet our minds and listen. And I think that getting um, in touch with the wisdom in, in the books that are going to be listed by your interview on my website, wisdomradio.org, uh, will help people on that path. And uh, I'm really excited for, uh, for this shift that's ha- happening uh, across the globe. And thank you so much for being such a big part of it. Thank you. Thank you, you again and I'm going to play your okay. song now. Okay. okay. Bye bye now. Amen. 
Adiós. 